season. Most in the league. And Kern gets a line drive punt away. That's bounding to a halt at the one. Perfection. Less than two weeks until some football. Um, how about that? Well, a week until the NFL kicks off. Um, 10 days, 11 days or so until we see the Titans in Denver. Hello, Transatlantic Titans podcast. We are back to do a kind of second part of a season preview. We don't know what we're doing. We're just winging it. Um, but I'm here, Adam, Harry and Greg are here as well. So hello to you both. Good evening. Good, Good, evening. Good evening. Or afternoon, as you just said, and it is 7.47pm yeah. at time of recording. It's a solid start, at least it before we start recording. <laughs> so yeah we i got together with miles and brian um a couple of weeks ago or maybe a bit longer time just disappears and we we sort of ran through the the schedule and where we thought the titans were going to end up and we kind of agreed and uh, we're cautiously optimistic but greg you're here and so you know here's your opportunity to set that straight and bring us down to earth so why don't we start with that Nine seven scrape the scrape into the playoffs. There you go. That's that's pretty much all that ever happens every year, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing changes. Well, no, we probably we probably be all right with that if we're in the we're in the playoffs. You know, that's all you've all you've really got to be to to make a a run towards the Super Bowl. But I th- I have a feeling, and I don't think I like it that we're fancied a bit by neutrals by other people. We're being Maybe, well, more than usual anyway. Is that fair? Maybe the media. Maybe yeah. not. I think if you talk to average Joe, I think maybe. But in the media, I still think they, they don't give us a chance in hell. Um, but yeah, speaking to people who normally if only, probably ever, ever, only ever see the Titans once or twice every couple of years, those guys are probably still, they're probably starting to get onto the bandwagon a little bit more. But... Whenever I watch anything in the media in the US, watching an NFL network or anything like that, still feels like we're you know, we're nowhere. We're not gonna we're not gonna end up going on the same run as we did last year, which I, I don't see why we can't. I don't see why there's anything different. Yes, we've lost a bit of experience, but I think we've what we've lost we've we've kind of gained in return with other signings. I really don't see yeah. I mean look, I, I prefer to be the underdog and I prefer people to write us off, but I still think we are in the majority of the media in the US in particular. I don't think anyone really fancies us there. Well, so... I think the issue is that we play in a division that's so tight-knit among the top three. I mean, the Jags, bless their heart, they're still a football team somehow. Don't, don't bless them. Don't, don't do that. I mean, don't get me Just wrong. Just laugh. Just laugh at them. Awful, awful game where somehow they beat us by an absolute mile on a rainy night where all of us just give up halfway through the game but uh no we're we're in a division where we've got the Colts who have Rivers now and a lot of the media for some reason have forgotten what Rivers was quite like last year um which was middle of the road QB and that they've lost loads of other pieces and then we're in a division with the Texans who forget that Bill O'Brien is their head coach um but look at name stars like Watson and Watt uh, Will Fuller, as well as being touted, Brandon Cooks on that team, as being the next best thing. Um, so I think a lot of the time the media kind of forgets about the Titans, who 
aren't in a massive media bubble, aren't in a huge market and sort of think, oh, well, they won't repeat what they did last year. And I don't think we will repeat the exact standards. I don't think Henry will be quite as good. I don't think Tannehill will be as perfect on play action, but I think we'll be a damn sight better and we won't have a six-game handicap like we did last year with, with Mariota at QB as well. So are, you, are we saying that we're we're better than 2019 we're a bit worse than 2019 or similar is that that I, I can't quite it's always it's always difficult in the nfl to figure that out um I, t- I tend to be more probably more optimistic than pessimistic when you look at free agency moves the the draft and things like that you know the every team should improve with the draft and free agency um and I, I sort of feel similar but i feel that like that every year and we've gone four years of nine and seven in a row so maybe anyone, it's just a fifth no one really knows yet i mean obviously we've not had any pre-season games to, and i know pre-season you can take a pinch of salt normally anyway but you know we haven't seen anything really even in the practices that you know you don't see a great deal whereas i think normally you know crowds are allowed in to some of the practices earlier in training camp you know you just get a bit of a better feel of and how things are gelling together, you don't really see that. Um, even in but, interviews of being on Zoom, they just feel a lot more robotic than than they normally would when there's when there's people sat there or stood there, obviously interviewing players and whatnot. So it just feels a bit. It's, it's a year like no other. Um, I don't think anyone really knows what what to expect or or whether this team will take a leap forward or stay where they are or, or you know no one really knows. Because no one's seen anything yet, especially the rookies. Right, apart from probably ten-second videos you might see on Twitter or somewhere, no one's seen anything of them. No one really knows what they can do yet. Vi- uh, videos from training camp of a pass being thrown twenty yards with no one trying yeah. to cover the receiver don't really tell you anything. No. Um, and... or, or or a rookie or a rookie tackle pancake in a tight end who already turned his back on him. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the, I mean, not having a preseason to me is a bonus because I, I think the whole thing's a joke. It's just it's just warming up for the season um, and trying to sell it as, as actual games is just a nonsense. But I, I think the only difference really will be that teams in general will be a bit less prepared and a, a bit less ready for week one. Um, but I think you, there's always an element of rustiness anyway. That's the key thing, isn't it? I think it will just be who has managed to survive the weirdness of this whole situation the best. I think for us having consistency, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Art Smith and um, Rabel probably playing a very similar system to Pease last year, as, as uh, we're still not entirely sure who's called in plays, but I would assume it's going to be Rabel. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to see that and to have that kind of consistency is something that a lot of teams won't have. Either change an OC, head coach, um, DC, things like that. So that will help us in a in a big way, I think. And actually, I think as the season went on, Arthur Smith started to come up with better game plans, better opening scripts, get Henry involved in different ways in the Wildcat or different runs. Play action was obviously working on better better form. Um, so I think our consistency should help us a lot. And actually, when you look at the pieces that changed. In the whole team, there's not actually that many departures. No, Casey's no. obviously a huge one, Ryan. Um, but, a- but there's there's no dramatic sort of 
key position personnel changes, are there? So it it does feel like the team can, particularly on offense, pick up where we left off. Um, one thing that I feel pretty good about is if every team in the NFL will be hamstrung by not having the, the normal time resources to prepare. Uh, but you know, there'll be the trickery and the complicated plays that everyone will try and run. Of course they will. Um, but where I think we're, we're so well set up is the simple stuff. You know, it doesn't forget how, how well prepared you know, tactically you are. Derek Henry is still going to be hard to tackle, you know, and just basic, basic things like that. I think we have a, probably a bit of advantage of over some other teams. Yeah, I think the only area I think we're we're still struggling in, I think we struggled in it last year, is 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 getting a, a decent pass rusher. I still don't think we've 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 filled that gap yet. There's still a, lo- a lot of talk about Clowney, and and I'm kind of bored of listening and seeing it all on Twitter nowadays. To be honest, um, and then you know the campaign to find Vic Beasley has has come to an end, but no one still really knows where he is. So. <laughs> It'll be amazing if that guy walks out there in week one and, and does anything of real note. So, look, I think if you look at the core of the of the of the team, it still looks pretty strong and still looks like you know what we had last year. Like Harry, you mentioned, obviously Casey's are going to be a loss. Ryan, I think, will be a, be a loss to some extent. But you know, it'd be interesting to see how. Well, Dennis Kelly, yeah, I think, will probably step Jeffrey up Simmons, start. Christian Fulton. Those two positions. Yeah, you know, exactly. We didn't yeah. see much of Simmons last year, but we'll hopefully see a lot more. Right, it'd, be bit, bit it'd be interesting to see how, how Conklin's replaced as well, with whether it's Isaiah Wilson or, or Kelly that starts, you know, how, how that sort of gap is filled. Because obviously that offensive line last year, I think, apart from the beginning of the season, the first sort of four or five weeks, um, yeah, they really got their... Uh, got it all together in the end and was doing pretty well. So it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out. But I think the core of the team is is still strong. If they've, they've tied down the players, they knew they had to. Um, I do think we're missing a pass rusher, but let's face it, it's probably half the teams in the NFL are missing a, a world-class pass rusher. So I think we can probably count this as, you know, hopefully give opportunities to Landry to progress and people like Robertson. Um, and I mean, last year we didn't see anything of of DeAndre Walker, so it'd be interesting to see what part he eventually ends up playing if he comes in. You know, so there's 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 definitely opportunities I think for players to come in and and almost stake their claim. Whatever happens between now and the start of the season, whether Clowney does eventually turn up randomly, uh, or whether Vic Beasley turns up randomly, whichever way it works out. Um, <laughs> well, I think I think Beasley will uh, in some form. That's what I thought when that's what I thought when he signed. Um, but <laughs> I mean, the, the cloudy thing, I'm, I'm just as tired as you with hearing about it, but there still feels like there's that hole and it's been like everything John Robinson's done has sort of hinted that that hole will be filled ideally by Clowney, but you, know, you could go and grab someone else. You, I wouldn't rule out a late, so if Clowney doesn't work, wouldn't rule out a ridiculous trade at the, the last minute or something like that. You touched on a really good point earlier as well. I think a trade's unlikely. I, I think if we're going to make a sign-in, it'll be clowny. I don't think they would go out unless there's, like we've seen with the Jaguars blowing up the whole roster or Kamara coming out a couple of days ago and saying that he's not happy in the Indians because he wants to get paid. And If there's somebody like that that wants to get paid or oh, yeah, and we yeah. can afford one year, 
we'll probably make a, a trade or even there's rumors of Lev Bauer as well leaving and not being happy in the jet. I don't think we're going to go for him, but that kind of scenario I think we go for. But I think you made a really good point earlier by saying that the one thing that we're consistently good at is our run game. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the first four weeks of this year, we see more runs in the NFL than we've ever seen because it's something safe. It's something that OCs won't need to worry about too much. And that's where we are strongest. So that should hopefully play into our hands to give us a little early boost as well in the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, we've, we've got, you know, with Darrington Evans drafted, um, there's you know, potentially a new unseen weapon that, that teams won't won't be used to. Um, yeah, I think the world just assumes, and we still I still see things that just irritate me about oh, why have you paid why why is this team paid Ryan Tannehill? He's just a just an expensive guy to hand the ball off to Henry. Have you have you watched us last year? Um, yeah, he's being judged on 2012 Miami kind of performances, which you know, given the coaching staff that they've they've had in his time is not all on him by any means, but. Yeah, I think there's there's an assumption that we'll be all Henry, um, and he he can't. I don't think he'll take the number of snaps that he did, or sorry, the number yeah the number of carries that he had a year ago. Um, yeah, yeah, as as you say, it might there might even be another signing of someone who's more similar to him than Evans. Um, it's I mean with yeah as as you mentioned the Jags just blowing their team up and suddenly suddenly it led them four nets available for and Tampa have grabbed him today. Um uh, any, anything like that. I mean I've, I wouldn't rule out that the Titans doing something. I don't think I can't see us going to sign a running back, I think. Not not a four net, but like a like a some something just to yeah, ease, I think ease the workload a bit. I'll be I'll I'll be surprised. I think they that I think they seem to have faith in Evans. They seem to think he's he's obviously a good player and Early time will tell. Um, they've just signed McNichols again, who uh, obviously did okay in the preseason. Was it a year ago, two years ago? Um, but again, I think you know, probably will end up playing more of a, you know, more of a backup or special team role if he does get on the team. So uh, I'll be I'll be surprised if we go and sign a running back. I think the the area I think there's only one area left in this team that that they will try and fill, um, and that probably be, you know, hopefully possibly Clowney if not. Yeah, definitely someone in that sort of same position. I'd be surprised if they went running back. I, I really don't think that that's realistic. But you're right with Henry. I think they've signed him on a four-year deal. They're not going to want him to burn out after a year or two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes yeah. sense to make sense to carry the load. But maybe Evans is that man who can come in and do that. I mean, it was only the year just gone, the year before that, that you know, Henry wasn't getting anywhere near as many carries, and you know. Dion Lewis was a uh, was carrying some of the early downs, so I mean, who knows? Evans might come in and, and do more of that if they feel he's he's equipped to do it. Maybe who knows? But I mean, the receiving core as well is another one. I mean, we've lost I think Tajay Sharp, which seemed like it was actually more. I originally thought it was probably his decision, but it seems like it was more of a team decision. Um, the more I read into it, which is quite interesting because I actually didn't mind Tajay Sharp. Yeah, I always quite liked him. He was, he was never outstanding, but he was never bad by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I think he could be a, a slight loss and I think he's only getting paid a pittance really in comparison to a lot of receivers going to the Vikings. So be interesting to see, you know, where, who steps up. Um, we've seen a little bit of Batson 
not really seen a great deal of him, apart from very nearly muffed a punt, if I remember correctly. Uh, who the fuck was against now? Might have been the Jags, possibly. Um, but yeah, okay. we're going to have to massively rely on Brown and Davis to really you know, take a lot, a lot of the load. Um, and Humphreys and, as well in the slot. And hopefully we'll see more of Khalif Raymond. I think we saw some, some really good... Good bits got, of got some on. wheels, bloody hell! Yeah, quick, yeah. So we saw we saw some decent uh, some decent snippets of him in the last year or so. I'd like to see a lot a lot more of him. I think look, if you get those those four firing, I think your yeah, receiving core looks pretty strong. So it'd be very interesting. I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little bit worried personally about our receiving core because like we only really mentioned five players there. After that, you're struggling, and even Batson's a bit of a question mark, really. Um, Raymond looks great in training camp and he made some fantastic plays last year. Um, but I actually think AJ Brown might be in for a bit of a sophomore slump. I hope I'm wrong, but you often see it in, well, in second it d- year. Once. It depends what defences do and that that could play into Corey Davis's hands. Um, mm-hmm. If he's if he's double covered all the time, uh, we, we'll have open we'll have open receivers elsewhere. Uh, what you haven't mentioned in all this with our, uh, related to our receiving core are the tight ends that we've got. Uh, there, there are there are plenty of other options for for Tannehill to throw to, um, with obviously Jonu Smith, who's coming of age, um, and yeah, others others on the roster. We've always kind of had two or three tight ends, you know, often often even on the field at the same time. I think with with Arthur Smith, that's something he loves. Obviously, being a former tight end coach, um, and if you need and if you need a spare running uh, running back, I mean Johnny Smith. Pretty much yeah. could be that yeah. man as well after the run against Houston. So, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, tight ends. I think Ferkster is one of the one of the better receiving tight ends that we've got. Um, I, I'm, everyone knows how much of a fan of Ferkster I am. Generally, I think Pruitt is more blocking, but you know he can definitely still catch the ball. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it, they they do supplement the receiving core quite well. But yeah, I do. Agree, I kind of agree with what you're saying, Harry. I do think take out Brown and Davis. Um, then you put a lot of a lot of weight on on the likes of Humphreys, who I think is good I said for the, on the role. last pod that I think we'll see. I think he'll break out a bit this year. Humphreys, he was a guy. He did okay I, in a I couple just, of games last year. I think if I remember correctly, I think was it Chargers possibly at home. I think he played pretty well in. I think there's a couple of other games he's okay. Then got injured, and, which was unfortunate. But I think you just when you've got the likes of Brown and Davis. I mean, yeah, I think Brown is definitely going to get a lot more attention. Um, which I, I completely agree with you, Adam. It just opens the door for Davis. And Davis needs uh, an outstanding year. He does, yeah. No it's, make, it's make or break for him completely. Yeah. And he, he'll know that. But it, anyway. I, don't, I don't think it is for him. Because even if he... Say if he doesn't get... He has a, a subpar year. Call it 600 yards, 50 catches. You know, not great. A couple of touchdowns. Some team's still going to take a chance on him for a second contract. He's a fifth overall pick. People will still go for him. Now, I, I, I personally love to see him do amazingly. But if he does, then we're screwed as well. Because then we've got to offer a high contract. Our cap space isn't looking amazing going into the year after. Obviously, then we've got to make a decision on Beasley as well if he performs. So there's a lot of players going into this year that have a lot to play for, especially contract-wise. It's not a bad problem to have if you've got AJ Brown though as well. You're not you're not yeah. too worried um, how it how it pans out. Um, I'm certainly not hoping Davis has a poor year for that reason. 
Um, he has a poor, he has a poor year. He'll he'll probably get a contract somewhere else, but he's yeah, not getting yeah, anywhere 100%. near the money that he that he's realistically going to want for a guy who's going into his what fifth or sixth year or whatever it'll be. So yeah, I think there is going to be a lot of pressure on him, whether he wants to be in in Tennessee or not. I it's 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 still going to be a huge year if he's got any ambition to earn life changing money in regards to uh, the contract he could get if he goes and and smashes it compared if he doesn't. But I think um, he's someone that he annoys me because he frustrates me because he's got, you see snippets of what he can do, um, but you only see it, you know, very, very rarely in comparison to someone like AJ Brown last year that just felt like pretty much every game he was, you know, making a big play or or heavily involved in everything that was right with the Titans. Um, so I think he, he's going to need that big year. And I think it's with AJ Brown, no doubt getting more double coverage. He you know, opens up the door for an opportunity and I hope he, I hope he does take it. I'd, I'd like to have that problem of him deciding to give him a, a big contract or not next year and him have a great year than him having a stinker and eventually just moving him on to someone else and not getting the benefit of the four or five years he's been here. He's a, he's a funny one because you sort of watch him and I, I never feel that he does anything wrong. Um, but then that's that's probably a, the wrong thing to say about a wide receiver. A, a, an elite wide receiver should make himself open um, in, a, in a way that you don't necessarily notice when you, you're, you're watching the game live. Um, you know, like AJ Brown's done and, and yards after the catch yeah. as well. He kind of got covered a little bit in in previous years. You didn't have they, we didn't have an AJ Brown, we didn't have an outstanding mm. receiver who was, you know, catching everything and and having a you know thousand yard season. So even though he was never spectacular, people kind of still felt well, he's probably the best we've got, um, which was true to be honest. And it was only really I think last year that you saw AJ Brown just emerge onto the scene, and all of a sudden Corey Davis is all falling down the pecking order, and and if anything. At times last year, wasn't even a second choice receiver in my mind. I think those players are actually performing arguably better than him in, in most games. Whether that's just because they were getting more opportunities and more targets, I don't know. But yeah, I'd like to see him have a good year. I think he 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 will need it desperately for his for his own career and his own what he wants to earn in his uh, in his career. But also for us, I mean, I'd love to see him go and have a great season because I think he is a good player and I think he. Yeah, you're not a top five overall pick for, for nothing. There's obviously got to be something there. Just trying to find it, I guess. Yeah, and going back to that, just imagine we've got an, an offense that have has one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best play, play action schemes, and then two wide receivers and a, a very athletic tight end as well in, in Johnny Smith and a great start receiver. I mean, God, you'd hate to be the defensive coordinator on that one, wouldn't you? Trying to work out which, which poison you're going to pick. <laughs> And then um, a deep threat of Raymond as well. Not like the wheels that guy has is is honestly is unbelievable. We've gone full circle here. We're basically saying we're unstoppable on offense, and um, which is which is fine. Um, before, well, let's we'll talk about the defense in a minute. But just a quick word on the quarterback position, which we haven't really done more than touch on. Um, obviously, Tannehill's come in last year, made the job his own. Um, We've signed Trevor Simeon as a backup. I can't recall if that may have been since we last recorded. I mean, he's not... It's. It feels like a a step backwards, but a necessary one. We 
we were never going to justify or it wasn't going to happen. You know, I'd have loved you know, Mariota as a backup to Tannehill would have been fantastic for years, years to come, but that's not how things pan out. That's not how things work. Um, so we were, we were always going to have to find someone new to back him up. I, I just feel it's you know, one inch being one injury away from Trevor Simeon isn't ideal. Um, it's, he's, he's not the sort of guy that's probably going to do a lot wrong, but it's not, He's not going to win you a game on his by sticking the team on his back in the fourth quarter. It was a little bit like two years ago. I mean, you kind of he, he took Castle not saying, or Gabbert. I don't know. I was thinking Gabbert at the time, but I mean, you probably think Castle was a similar story, I guess, to some yeah. extent. He's he's yeah, he look, he's an experienced head. Someone who's been around, you know, isn't going to be spectacular. Um, but I'm actually thinking more like how. How many more opportunities does someone like Logan Woodside going to get? Um, when I say opportunities, I mean or lack of opportunities. I guess you could you could call it as well because he's been around for a, few, a couple of years now, at least. I think mean, he was on the practice squad maybe uh, the year before as well. But I mean, he's been around a couple of years, and you think as a as a backup role, you know, someone like the Pats have you know, I've clearly sort of like, they did it with Stidham, I think previously. I'm not saying this year necessarily, but they've done it with Stidham where they just made him back up and. And said, right, you're you know you're reliable for this, and and with Woodside, it just doesn't feel like he's he's ever really kind of stepped up any further. Every, even though the team have always said great things about him, he's never like they I know earlier going to sign yeah, like, like earlier we, yeah. we would we were saying that how preseason's a bit of a dud, but I think actually that's one player that preseason would have really helped to actually see him on on field against defense that isn't our own scheming and actually scripting plays the first however many, many plays to get an understanding of what that's like a little bit more because even last year it wasn't him it was Ryan Tannehill that was getting those backup minutes in those preseason games or it was it, I just think it would have been fantastic for him and you don't it's not like football where you chuck on a like soccer for uh, yeah. American listeners that where you chuck on a youngster for like 10 minutes at the end of a Premier League game and just see how they float yeah, yeah. You can't. Maybe that decision has been made because of the the lack of a preseason, because we just didn't know enough about Woodside, or uh, the the guy we drafted out from Hawaii, yeah. whose name escapes me. Who's, who, yeah, we obviously don't we, um, didn't see enough of him to trust him. Um, you know, same same with Woodside. I mean, uh, yeah, it's. it's Fine. We've, this is what this is what we've got, and um, there's I mean, a part sorry, of me. It will only matter if sorry. It will only matter if if Tannehill goes down, right? If he, if he if he stays fit all season, then it won't matter in anywhere near remotely. But it does. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It does feel like a little bit of a step back into the year that we had Gabbert or you know Castle before that, um, rather than a last year. Even with Mariota, you can say what you like about Mariota and what people think about him and, and his injury issue. I think he's got more injuries now, but the sounds of Red Summit the other day that there's a chance he could still end up being cut because of the injuries he's picked up even this off season. But I don't know how true that is, but he's, yeah, he was a, he's more like an elite backup. If you like, he's, you know, you're not going to get backups like, like him every day if he, if he stays, uh, stays healthy. So yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. As long as Tannehill doesn't go and get injured, um, then we have to go and find out what Trevor, Simeon's all about. I think that's that's the thing. It's it's not you know, Mariota. He well, pretty much from 
his first season or his second season with a serious injury he had at the end of 2016. From from then onwards, he was he, he he's always had niggles. He's been in and out the in and out the side for those, and you you needed well you you knew you probably need a reliable backup at some point, which is where Tannehill came in, obviously. Um, but you yeah, clearly you hope you don't you don't need it. Um, and yes, Tannehill's had an ACL in the past, um, but he's he's pretty fit now, and and I'm touching all the wood I can, obviously. But we're not alone in being in that situation. I think probably seventy percent of of teams are a QB injury away from being a fraction of themselves. You know, unless unless you've got, you know, say you, you're the Bears and you've got Trubisky with Foles Foles in the wings, or you're Miami with Tua or something like that, where you've got somebody who you've got perhaps two similar guys. Um, but if you've got two similar guys, it probably means your your starter isn't as good as you'd like them to be in the first place. So yeah, we're not we're not unique in that situation. I'm sure there are pretty some pretty ropey backups on on some other teams out there. Where's Where's Blake Bortles now? The Rams is he? Oh, he wasn't the Rams. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. So you said about ropey backup. <laughs> well, he's a ropey starter for a while. <laughs> First round choice. Yeah. yeah, he was why the Jags drafted Fournette as well. Yeah, they had they had their QB in Bortles, didn't they? Yeah. So let's go for a, let's go for a flashy running back. Might have been back again at some point in the future. You never know. <laughs> it might well be. All right, the 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 Titans defense. Then we've talked about it a little bit, but how I have concerns about Dean P's retiring. It's not that I don't trust Brable to. You know, he 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 knows what he's doing. He's a defensive guy, but is he taking on too much in in basically doing the job himself? Um, he's going to be calling plays. That, I'm fine with that, but but um, not having a direct replacement for Dean Pease, is that an issue in your eyes? I think so I think it's you on the spot there. Lot, I think it's a lot to ask for a head coach to, to do two roles. Um, you look at it as in in any work. If you're getting asked to do two different roles, no matter how similar and how much experience you have in the one that you're doing alongside your main job you're still going to struggle. You can't split yourself in two physically. Um, then comes the argument of where he's actually going to be, whether he'll be on the field or in the booth, whether uh, as a head coach. Oh, you can't, you can, could you imagine yeah. Mike Brable sat up in, up behind some plexiglass? That's, that's, that's the issue. <laughs> but then do you get a good advantage of the game? What, what the offense is trying to do? Things like that. It's a, a little bit trickier to, to sort of, work out where they're looking a lot of the time and what they're trying to break open and, and guess the plays before they actually happen. Um, I, I'm not worried about it, but I'm just a little bit like you best have some very good assistants alongside him who are constantly feeding back on, on game day and saying, this is what they're trying to do. This is what they want to scheme open. So when you look at the Texans, for example, who we're going to see twice this year, obviously, and they've got three wideouts potentially that are, are pretty good with uh, Cootie, uh, Cooks, and Fuller, and they're trying to get them open the whole I, I time. I love the way you, you say that, where they've just traded Hopkins away. I, also, I love that missing Cootie was number one on that list as well. Cootie is number yeah, one. Because if I didn't get him out first, I would have forgotten him. <laughs> That's the way that but they've got 
three good wide outs who are fast that that they'll be trying to scheme open in different ways. You say so, that but two of two of those three are probably on your fantasy waiver ones. Yeah, and, and hard before before the season starts with concussions or I don't know sore hip or some rubbish. But no, we we I I I'm a bit nervous, but equally like he's done it in 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 Houston. He's done it before at different different levels, and I I think he'll be fine. I'm not yeah. too stressed. I think I think Pease Pease will be probably the biggest miss that this team will have this year. If you look at all the departures over the off season, that's the one for me that's probably the biggest. Um, not only because of you know play calling on the day or or anything like that. It's it's just also you know, the guy is just king of scheming and knows just seems to know know how to get the best out of the of the defence that he had and. And even though there were some games last year that we, you know, I don't think we actually defended that well, and you know, wasn't wasn't our finest hour. I still, I still think having Vrabel calling plays might work fine, but it'll be very interesting to see how it pans out. Um, he's clearly a defensive man. He, he yeah, it's clearly what I think he probably wanted to be doing it anyway. But I think Pease is someone that will be a huge miss for us. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So it'll be very interesting to see. And that's the other thing interesting about. No preseason, I guess, is not knowing. You know, you're going to go into week one not really knowing how that's going to pan out. You're, we're expecting Vrabel to call plays. I think that's probably a given. But you know, to what extent he calls them and to what extent his staff get involved is going to be very interesting to see. I mean, we, He's we, also like very... gone out of. We 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 all love Vrabel as a as a coach. You know, love as a as a character. Um, but we've. We've talked in the past about how you know, he can be hot-headed in in the heat of the moment. Um, is that what you were pretty much going to say, Harry? Yeah. And so he he just you know that that key fourth down and short or and just sort of make maybe making a wrong call. I mean, Dean Pease, what he brought um, to me in in game, you know, he was a king of the half-time adjustment. Uh, I could think of a few games last year where we it, we weren't quite getting it right, and we were a bit too porous early on. And he just he'd know, yeah, okay, from up there behind that plexiglass, he'd look at it and okay, this is what we need to tweak. All right, we need to be blitzing a lot more or drop back and drop back and cover whatever it was. Um, and he'd just more often than not be able to stop, plug the holes, um, mid game. You know, so you can have all the plans in the world, um, or what you think are what you think are right, and I've no doubt that Brabel and our staff are more than capable of doing that. But it's that's that's my concern is the the ability to make the right right calls during the game when when the heat is on, you know, when Brabel's emotional, um, he's yeah, he's 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 not a man to sort of sit back and. Being harsh, or I'm not saying he doesn't analyse what's going on, but um, he he's pretty intense <laughs> when when a, when a game's going on, um, and I'm not saying you don't need that either. But that's that to me is perhaps where that the thing we're going to miss about Pease. Yeah, he's Vrabel's a ballsy coach, isn't he? He loves making go for it calls, and and they've paid off at times, like in the Chargers game with the fake punt, or at times in the Chargers game with the going for two. It just depends on how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and 
luckily on defense, it's a slightly bigger margin for error. I think if you if you don't, unless you're going like completely stop the run and you leave a wide receiver completely open because you've done that or whatever. But there is a bit more of a margin for error because it's up to the offense to also create something in that moment. So being a ballsy coach probably isn't as bad of a thing. Um, and it, the defense suits his personality. And we've got enough smart players on defense as well to really hold that line as well. So um, Evans is somebody who's constantly talked about having a fantastic IQ when it comes to football. Bayard's proven it over and over again about how he's such a leader of this team at this point as well. Um, I think Jeffrey Simmons as well. If you look at just a couple of snapshots of ways that he's turned defenders in the O-line, uh, sorry, the O-line in, in um, games last year and how he's just penetrated and, and caused disruption. Um, it's just unbelievable. And you know I've got a huge man crush on Jayon Brown, but <laughs> I, I just think he's one of the most underrated middle linebackers in, in the league with his athleticism and the way that he just brings... He's a modern-day linebacker. He's not necessarily going to hit you as hard as everyone else, but he's going to get in the way of you. And, and he's going to read what happens. He's just everywhere. He's just one of those guys that you don't... Yeah, underrated is exactly right. But how how many plays is... He, he ends up wherever he needs to be to make the tackle or the... Or the big play. Um, you're also talking seems... about inside linebackers who are underrated. I thought in the in the postseason last year, David Long, how like how much how many big plays he was in right in the thick of uh, in those games against the Pats and, uh, and and in Baltimore as well. I thought he was he was massively underrated. But with Jalen Brown, it'd be very interesting to see his contract situation next next off season because obviously that that's gonna be an interesting one to get a gauge of you know what he's gonna what he's going to get paid because there's no doubt he'll get a contract just to what extent that contract is, especially as you mentioned, Harry earlier, cap space isn't really in our favor at the moment. We've, you know, we've got some cap space, but we're not, we're not blessed with it. Uh, not like the Jags, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see what that offer looks like. And if he does sign a deal, which I'll be amazed if he doesn't, you know, what that contract looks like. So yeah, cause I think he was what a fifth round pick. Fourth, fifth round pick, maybe. So, yeah, I think that's yeah, a fifth round. Steal. Absolute steal that we've got there. Yeah, it so often happens with a, a, a rookie taken relatively low in the draft. You've got them for a pittance, and they they work out well, and it be, becomes a an issue down the line. Ho- hopefully, he stays underrated by everybody outside of Nashville. Um, maybe hopefully himself as well. Hopefully he doesn't realize how good he is and uh, we can, we can keep him on the, on the cheap, but that wouldn't be fair, would it? <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. I mean, I think we've, we're all pretty happy with the roster on that side of the ball, other than what we've talked about already, the, the missing pass, ru- pass rusher. Um, I think we're, 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 we've not spoken about because kickers matter. Well, I was, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming onto that. So ah, the, the hole that we, the hole that we have filled, um, which has been a hole for over a year, if we're honest with ourselves, um, the kicker, um, and um, we haven't got any qualms anywhere else on special teams. Just uh, in and obviously uh, the goats entering his his thirteenth year as a Tennessee Titan. Um, oh, I mean. We sh- we should talk about Brett Kern more than we do, and it's probably quite a lot anyway. But there's there's no finer punter in the NFL. I think 
I think it there's was... only so much that an English podcast talking about American football can talk about a punter who gets on the field maybe three times if four times a game if your team's not playing that well. Like, it would be the most English thing for us to talk about people kicking balls. Do you know I mean, what I mean? Like, I'll be honest, next, I think next, next week we should probably just do a Brett Kern special. I mean, we could probably just do an hour just, just talking about Brett Kern, surely. The guy's a goat. He deserves it. Breaking okay. Um, every single punt from yeah, last year. Every, every, Why just, not? Why not? Pulling back the curtain here, I tend to stick these podcasts out and stick a little bit of commentary of something random at the start. Um, and this now explains why you'll have heard a Brett Kern bit of commentary at the start. And I'm setting myself up for a fall if I can't find one, but I'm sure I can. Um, <laughs> punt down to if, one if, yard line off season. Yeah, like an easy punt or maybe even just a fake punt against the Chargers the other, the other year. But is that really what he does best? I don't think it is. It's just... <laughs> Find, find, find the fake punt against the Bucks where he got absolutely poleaxed. You can try and find that one. <laughs> then at least then it's, it's balancing it out. Our love for Kern against a, a moment of pure embarrassment, let's face it. Oh, but, I mean, that, that punt in New England oh. from... I, th- I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it, I think it was at least a sort of 280, 290-yard punt that landed on their one yard line right something at the end. Something along those lines, yeah. He, he uh, punned it in the opposite direction, I think, and the wind just took it back. Something like that. <laughs> um, no, he's that punt, and, and luckily for me, being there was, uh, I, I could just watch that over and over and over. It never, it never bores me. I, I, and people always show videos of Ryan's pick at the end, which he still should have gone down. Um, he should, yeah, absolutely. That doesn't matter. I just want to see that punt over and over and over, just because then you just knew it's like there's no way they're winning this game. There's no way they're coming back. That 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 punt did seal the game. Is you, yeah. you if that's a touchback, maybe are we? Do we need to talk about this more? Yes, I think we do. If yeah. that's a touchback, or it's you know the the Pats are starting on the, their own thirty or something. In that situation, you you kind of even though he's not playing well, you're backing Tom Brady from there. It's Suddenly shot. he's on his own one yard it's line. You think, yeah, we've got this. That, that was huge. Yeah, it was massive. Honestly, it was. It was. I mean, I don't think it was underrated. I mean, everyone respects how how good it was. But um, and if you don't, then you don't really know anything about football. But it was just. It was finesse. It was just perfect. It was, there's nothing. There was nothing better to see in a, in a game. Then in in that particular instance, knowing there's what I don't know how many seconds there were left on the clock or a minute or whatever it was, but it was just perfection, absolutely perfection. I love we started this podcast by saying, yeah, it's going to be a season preview, guys. You know, we've done part one the other day. We'll do this one now, <laughs> and we talked for five minutes about Brett Kern and a punt that happened last year. Yeah, diamond lads, but good game. It never goes to plan, does it? <laughs> I I. I'm not apologising for any of that, right? No, no, no one, no one listening is complaining. No, no, well, they they might be, but you know, we've recorded it now. What? But what? To bring it back to the present, the kicking position, uh, we have signed Stephen Goskowski, and you know, in in modern Tennessee Titans fashion, an expatriate is is coming to Nashville. Seems to be a lot of them now, but that's fine. It seems they. They seem to seem to be successes when they, they come to Tennessee. 
Goskowski, he's 36, I think. Um, I, based on everything that's happened since Suckup got hurt, this this feels like a, a positive signing to me. Um, yeah, he wasn't perhaps as reliable, I think, in his last season in New England. But you know who who has been in the kicking world these days? It, it feels like a, it feels like a positive signing to some, someone that I will at least to start with and yeah. have faith in. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it's not Santos. So, you know, I think anyone outside of that is would be pretty happy with. Now, I think um, anyone who's just come off, I think it's hip surgery or something, I think it's just had always kind of fears, makes me fear a little bit because it makes me think, well, suck up just came off knee surgery and we all know how badly that went. But I think this is a different situation. I think this is, I don't think it will it will end up in that same way. Joseph didn't really have a huge amount of opportunity. Um, when they obviously came. don't. We obviously don't like. Didn't like him enough because he was kicking around, and I thought he was going to be the guy. Um, but yeah, the team obviously weren't keen on him. All he all he was doing last year really was kicking extra points. I don't think. He, I mean, I'm pretty sure we talked about this last last year as well. But I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I need to check how many field goals. Yeah, there was so. There handful. were so few. You're right, and I think it was a handful. So it's yeah, we won three or four games without even attempting one, which was impressive in its own right, but also not the best for him going forward. So. I think there were two elements of this. Where one, it was a bit freakish that that kept happening, but but also I think we were making fourth down decisions based on the fact that we didn't trust our kicker, partly in the, in some cases. Um, which you know, ultimately meant that a lot of those decisions were the right ones, but you know, where where you sort of it's a forty or forty five yard field goal and you don't back your kicker to get the three points, you're going to make those those calls. Um, we've been we've been blessed and spoiled by having Baronus and suck up so consistent for so many years. You just you know, anything inside fifty yards is yeah three points. Yeah, and suddenly taking that away from us, it's just it it. It's been un- as great as we've been in so many other ways. It was unsettling last year. Be interested to see how Suckup gets on in uh, in Tampa. So I, think he's I gone, hope he's uh, yeah. I'd like to. I'd love to see. I like. I've got a lot of time for Suckup. He's a good guy, um, and uh, fingers crossed that he uh, he gets back to the consistency that he, that he had before. Um, uh, yeah, he, he could. Ha- he could have a good four or five years. Uh, another team left him in in him. I should say. Right. Um, before we we get into any non-Titans related stuff, um, well, f- firstly, is there anything that I've missed? Probably. No, we, no. I mean, <laughs> shakes of the head crossed on a podcast today, so no. <laughs> I just I was wondering if we have covered Brett Kern enough, though. Ah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> Harry's about to hang up right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I've got so much time for his game, but uh, I don't think talking for more than five minutes about him is probably the best use of listeners' time. Because uh, the thing is, once you're driving as well, you can't really skip a podcast or like fast forward. It's too dangerous. Like, so you, <laughs> you yeah. turn it off. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's, that's what they do as soon as non-Titans related begins. And we had that feedback. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the only thing I will just to cover up a couple of things. Um, we've done, we did a Transatlantic Titans Fantasy League that I've commissioned 
I've been is that a word? Being commissioner of does that anyway? I've I've done that for the last sort of three or four years. I've stepped down um, from that job. Greg, you've taken it on. Um, I think you've you've drafted it already. That's so that's indeed. Yeah. So we've uh, we've drafted already. Um, I think there's 16 of us doing it this year, but um, we did actually get quite a few people after after it kind of became full asking so about potentially joining so what we might do is if we get enough interest we might potentially do a second second league and have someone okay. else as commissioner for it but um because yeah it seemed like everyone came as soon as we as soon as it was full all of a sudden people start coming in but like there's still space so if you are interested yeah drop us a line on uh at transatlantic tn i think it is at tra- uh, yeah and at transatlantic tn the other thing i'm going to post on there what we what we are going to do which there won't be any restrictions on numbers, which will be embarrassing when three people sign up to it. But um, uh, the I forgot what they I forgot what they call it. I, I might do it on ESPN rather than NFL.com. I'll have I'll have a look. Um, but they do the the Survivor game, where basically you, I think you three lives probably I think is the probably the fairest way of doing it where you, you've you've got to pick a team just one team each week that you're confident is going to win um so whoever's playing the jags pick them um you can't have the same you can't pick the same team twice during the season though is the, is the catch there um so we'll, we'll we'll tweet that out and also maybe also maybe just a, a good old-fashioned pick them as well um so we will offer a prize for each of each of those an unspecified def def definitely not tat sort of prize um for for the winners of those so i'll yeah i'll i'll get those i'll get those set up and we'll we'll tweet those out as well hopefully you know, plenty of you will will join in i always quite enjoy and do terribly at those those things particularly the pick them and i can't ever pick against the titans which is you know why why would you Fine, just pick against the uh, the Jags every week, and you're laughing. Got one <laughs> one one guaranteed win at least. I was in, in Auckland last year, where everyone kept on picking against Miami Dolphins, and then the one week that the Miami Dolphins win, honestly, the competitors went down by like seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> but you you always get like there's particularly. I think it'll be even more ridiculous this year without the preseason. Like weeks one and two, there are crazy results in the NFL and there'll be there'll be some team that just suddenly goes four and oh that nobody saw coming and equally a fancied team will just fall by the wayside you just you just don't know what will happen it kind of settles down as you get into the the season but there'll be I think even more craziness there right um yeah now's the time to to switch off if you're going to and we'll just finish up with with any non-titans related business that we we or you've got um Harry, you've uh, it's been a while since we've well, a while since I've spoken to you at all. But um, on on the podcast, you've got to have a few things that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, so um, yeah, it has been a long while. Apologies for that. If you miss my wonderful voice, um, I'm sure I can send you a voice note if you just let. <laughs> <laughs> where where I'll... can where can people DM you to get that? Um, yeah, in Instagram. Uh, just short. Just send it to our our Twitter page, and I'll, I'll sort that out for you. 
give me a because <laughs> I don't want it to sound awkward. Um, oh dear, this could this could be dodgy. Thank God we don't have that many listeners. Um, so my um, my non Titans related is the value of buying a two hundred pound banger, like a really bad car, um, <laughs> two hundred pounds that really like you can just rag all over the place. Like I bought one. This is why it is. The fuel gauge doesn't work. You can only fuel like it up to about three quarters of the way because else it leaks uh, the rest of your fuel out. Um, where's, where's Neil when you need him, by the way? He, he knows yeah. about 200 pounds. Yeah, bangers. he knows all about this. Yeah, it's a Vauxhall Astra. Uh, it's red. Uh, it's got scratches all along it, but it was 200 pounds. Uh, MOT till this time next year, pretty much. I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. It's honestly been the best decision of my life because I go down the road now thinking, if you don't pull in, mate, I don't really mind. It's, it's, <laughs> you do me a favour, basically, if you do hit me. So yeah, like honestly, <laughs> I win more money. So it's it's honestly the best decision I think I've ever made. It's to just get the two hundred pound car, job done. It won't last the next MOT. I'm well aware the handbrake doesn't work if it's on a hill, but it is a lovely car for now. So it's uh, it's good. <laughs> but but. Just to clarify, you say the handbrake doesn't work when it's on a hill, but it works fine on the flat? Yeah, flat's fine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, just in case someone wants to pick up this car and rob it. Um, but it's got to be quite a steep hill for it not to work, which is the, the blessing. Thank God I don't live in the countryside where there are plenty of hills. Um, no, that's, uh, that's my non Make, make sure that. you always, always leave it in gear. Oh. Yeah. Uh, second second gear is my favorite at the moment i'm going to progress probably to fifth by the time that i uh, end up selling this car for scrap but honestly if you make one decision in your life and you just think i don't really care about my possessions that much buy a 200 pound car and you feel like you you feel like you're filming your own episode of top gear every day do you know what i mean like you're, <laughs> you're like you feel sorry for these lads that are in 500 dollar car try driving a 200 pound car where your fuel lights flashing at you all the time you've got to try and work out how many miles you've driven since last time i'm really annoyed i've not seen a photo of your car i really want to see what this looks like yeah i'll send it over in a bit yeah i'm morning bright and breezy we may, we may have to tweet that one out for the four people <laughs> <laughs> oh, i've I, i've reached the age you know unless my life circumstances change that i don't intend to buy a 200 pound banger again but you know I've, I've had my fair share over the years I'm old enough to have actually owned a car that ran on four star, which I probably shouldn't admit. It's quite impressive. Uh, which, which was which at the turn of the century, around when would it have been? I'd have had that. It was quite hard. Not every petrol station had it. I'm pretty sure none do these days. Um, or lead replacement petrol, I think it was at that point. Um, just just grim stuff. I remember my first car had a, uh, so the person who owned it beforehand had one of those steering wheel locks. So, oh, yes, those, the, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it clearly, it had clearly been, the car had clearly been stolen at some point, and the steering wheel lock had clearly been ripped off because there was a massive chunk out of my steering wheel. Because I had one of those, I believe it was like a Fiat Punto, which had like a proper spongy steering wheel. So it just basically had a chunk taken out of it from where someone's, uh, steering wheel lock had obviously been ripped off by someone who was trying to rob it uh, and failed subsequently <laughs> to, to rob the car as well but that was also also a horrendous car but uh, yeah oh, i used to have one of those crook locks harry you yeah. need to, if, if you've 
if you don't have one for your 200 pound astro you need to get one because it, it's yeah. just it completes the look it, sh- it also shows it also makes makes people think that car must be pretty valuable because he's, <laughs> he's put a steering wheel lock on there like so yeah, people, because- people will want to nick it trust me well if you've got if you yeah, if you're it- nicking it and you've got the crook lock as well that's double the value 100 percent yeah Exactly. Yeah. Probably is the crook lock would probably cost more than car. If I'm being honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> it's like did you did you ever? I used to do things. It's funny looking back, like how, like you'd hide one one car I had had one of those like CD radios. But even that in itself sounds dated. But and you'd the Hate front it. would come off and you'd stick it in the oh, glove box. Oh, oh, so oh, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. one could see. I've got yeah. a radio that you. Yeah. I mine used to do that as well. I never used to take it off, but yeah, mine used to used to uh, a little clip on the side used to come off just so people thought, oh, he's got he's doing well. He's got a CD player. Yeah, no. This, this first... guy's got a CD player. Calm down on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to break into this car because I can't see that there's no front on the on the radio, so it it won't be there. So there's yeah. no there's nothing to nick. Oh, fantastic, Greg. Um, if you mine's, if you don't have uh, something to moan about at this point, to be honest, mine's mine's not not too bad. It's um, obviously everyone's in the same boat with COVID and whatnot, and uh, obviously recently lockdown has kind of subsided. But uh, so people now, what are we at? Just started September, so the last four weeks or so, kids have been off school, so everyone's traveling. So people want to go into Europe, and it's basically ended up being like a um, what can I describe as like wacky races of trying to get back into the country before you got quarantine for two weeks, um, <laughs> which has been absolutely hilarious to watch because like, surely you you got to know this is a very good chance of happening. But the amount of people that end up going to France or Spain or somewhere and all of a sudden are being told, right, yeah, if, you, if you're not back by 4 a.m. on Saturday, this is on the Thursday, if you're not back by 4 a.m. on Saturday, you've basically got quarantine for two weeks and everyone having a massive hissy fit around because they got no notice uh, that they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. And uh, it's just, uh, for me, it's just, I found it absolutely hilarious. And I've watched, uh, I watched the news a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago, and there was like queues of people trying to drive back in from Calais because uh, they'd obviously driven over to France to, go and stay in France or wherever for, for a week or two and now they're like queuing for hours and hours and hours just to get back into the country just so they can beat the 4am deadline on this Saturday and it, I just find it I find it absolutely hilarious that people I mean don't get me wrong we all want a holiday and trust me I'm, I'm speaking for myself when I normally go to America twice a year and uh, I'm going to miss it as much as anyone but like sure just, just do something different have a staycation, go and stay somewhere in the UK. You know, do you really have to go abroad? Um, because it's only going to I can't see it getting any better before it gets worse. And I wouldn't surprise me if more countries eventually have the same restrictions slapped on them. But yeah, so it's ended up just being a bit like Benny Hill watching people running around um, the, trying the, to get back. And the rush, the rush to find a, a holiday in a country that doesn't have the, the yeah. quarantine. Oh, okay. Where, where can we go? Oh, where's left? Where's, where's still good on the list? Burkina Faso. All right, yeah. Let's book our book our flights, and then as soon as as soon as you've done that, it's it's added to the list. <laughs> it's just it's just hilarious. What just listening? I was watching one. I think it was in a, an airport in Spain or somewhere, and this woman was just going absolutely crazy about the lack of notice, um, saying that she's had two days' notice. She's had to cancel her holiday and cut it short by a week, and blah blah blah. And I'm just sitting thinking. Just, just accept like we're in a global pandemic. Like, just accept for this year, 
and hopefully no longer. But this year, just just write off. Just, I, I've had to accept it. Mm. I've, got go, I've got to go and spend a week in Cornwall, um, which which you know is a perfectly lovely place, but it's not it's not kind of where I'm used to going on holiday. We but did, we we did the Isle of Wight instead of Italy. Yeah, uh, it's, it was it was all right. But the only the only thing for me, I, I'm to, I'm totally with you. I don't I don't think it does it does us any harm to not go abroad for a year and actually appreciate the the place that we do live in, which is a which is a, st- a stunning country. Um, also, everyone's been struggling for months with obviously, you know, Harry. I know you work in obviously industry, which was massively hit by by uh, by obviously the pandemic, and I'm sure we all do to some extent. So. You know, keeping it in in our own country and being able to go somewhere in our own country is only going to help out, you know, the more local you know, people in your country from to surviving this. So, you know, definitely appreciate. Like, trust me, there's nothing more I'd love to do than go and sit in an all inclusive in somewhere nice, Greece or Portugal, or wherever, and not feel like yeah, oh, I've got a rush back now. But um, yeah, so go and stay somewhere in this country. You don't have to quarantine. It's great. The bit that sucks for me about it is self purely selfishly is my my sister um with her husband and, and two kids live in Austria and we'd we'd probably go out once or twice a year normally and they'll visit here as well obviously and so we've we've not we've not seen them um since this all kicked off and we're not likely to for a while um it also sucks i'm not going to be in, i'm not going to be in Denver for Monday night football it's well just... yeah. I mean, That'd be irritating. <laughs> the Titans. Well, I, I was I was going to say the Titans might win off the back of that, but you had a good run um, in the last uh, couple of trips, so I can't say I've that got, anymore. Well, good run at home. I'm unbeaten at home. The, the away record is is still relatively questionable. I still got beaten 57-14 in the playoffs. Playoffs are right. decent. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That was that was that was something special. But I still can't look away from Miami eight and a half hour game and. Uh, <laughs> And being beaten fifty-seven fourteen in Houston, uh, they they still bring nightmares. I'm not going to lie. You say that, but do you remember the end of the Miami game, Greg? Not as much as I thought I would. No, I remember being moved from the because we we had tickets in like the uh, upper part of the stadium. We all got moved to the bottom, so everyone got moved to the bottom because everyone pretty much had already left, apart from those who thought, "No, I've travelled from the UK, got to see out the end of this." Saw Darius Jennings run for a uh, from one end to the other to you know. You know, back, back to back, punch back to back touchdown kickoff returns in that yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which, which pretty much summed up everything about that game. That was the first game that I ever tried to introduce my um, partner at the time to American football with. I just remember thinking she has never, ever <laughs> watched another game in her whole entire life, and I was like, I "Just, just go to bed. Like, I can't. This isn't going to work." My main memory of that, other than lots of messages with with you and <laughs> with you out there, Greg, kind of largely mocking you, which which actually helped from my perspective. Was uh, my, my son was well, I was just going to watch it with my son, and then the fact there was such a long delay was I know you're not staying up till I don't know when. <laughs> um, so he was he was pretty miffed about that. Yeah, um, I but, think it was a I think it was a one one o'clock kickoff in Miami, so I'm guessing that would have been six o'clock here. And I think my first beer was about ten in the morning, um, <laughs> and the game, yeah, the game finished about about twenty past nine, maybe something like that. And then we had a nice, luckily, obviously, I wasn't driving, but uh, luckily, a three and a half hour drive then up to to Orlando from there afterwards. So it was it was quite possibly the longest day of my life. 
Um, especially after we just lost as well, and I'm just sat in a car, still half drunk, half hungover, wondering when the hell this journey's going to end. <sighs> yeah, it's it's giving me nightmares of Miami, to be honest with you. Uh, there are going to be better times ahead of 2020. Um, well, other than the fact, you know, you you won't be there. But no, for the for the Titans, um, I think I feel we're we're more positive. Um, before, oh, I've, I've, I haven't I haven't had a rant before we go. I'm not going to actually. Uh, I was had a. You may have seen on Twitter yesterday um, my feelings about people not wearing masks on public transport. Um, you're not exempt from wearing a mask if you're just not wearing one so you can do your makeup. Um, and you're also not exempt because you rip it off because you finish your shift and you work for Transport for London and you think it's all right to just get on the train, rip your mask off, sit there and read the paper. Anyway, I said I'm not going to rant and then I just did briefly. Um, but just a, just a little little tale. I went to get some lunch yesterday from... Uh, in central London, we're back in the big smoke and everything, which is an odd place because there's hardly anyone there still. But one of the few places that were open was a Japanese canteen. Um, so I went in. And normally it's it's heaving, it's chaos, massive menu. You take, you place an order, you get given a ticket, take away, your number gets called, you get it. Um, it's chaos, but efficient. It just kind of works. But they had a limited sounds menu. Like, sounds like Argos to me. It is. Yeah, it's exactly. It's that system. It's you come that down exact the system. Belt. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> there's a different collection point to where you place your place your order, but they they still had the same system, but a reduced menu. So I got, got to the front of the queue. I said, "I have a, a chicken katsu curry and rice, please." She said, "Oh, uh, so we've not got, uh, despite the fact that the menu was already limited." Um, Oh, we've not got any katsu curry left. Sorry. So I had to look up one of the two or three other things. Oh, uh, teriyaki then, please. Okay, fine. Paid. Get my slip waiting. And it, it was taking longer than it normally would, even though you've got 10% of the people that normally be in there. Um, and eventually she called my number. So I'll go to the collection point. Oh, sorry. The teriyaki is going to be probably another 10 minutes. Um, if you like. You, do you want to wait for teriyaki or um, you can have chicken katsu curry that's ready now? So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go with that. Let me get some teriyaki cost more. I, I, I don't I, No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But Weird, wonderful trip. <laughs> where, where they got this katsu curry from, I don't know. This is yours. That would be the thing that would. <laughs> where, 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 you just told me you didn't have any left just and then two <laughs> minutes later you've come out with some after saying you got no teriyaki either you ballsed up and pretended that you like got the wrong thing that you you don't have or you were like oh there's a man here that just looks really annoyed uh have you guys got any slightly spicy like peanutty like sauce that we can just chuck on and call it cat <laughs> yeah that would be one. chuck but- it on to be though, it was it was in fact nothing wrong with the food whatsoever. Really nice. It was a katsu curry, um, but it was it was weird because it was the same lady that had served me when I paid as and was there. So she multitasked. She does the collection point and the and the, anyway, but she she didn't get. It seemed lost on her. So I said, yeah, 
that's what I wanted in the first place. And she sort of looked blank. Like it didn't even, she hadn't even realized that she said herself that he didn't have any when she offered it as an alternative for my second choice. There we go. That's, that's, that's how things are these days, I guess. That is, you couldn't get more of a kind of COVID-19 non-Titans related than a Japanese in the middle of London that was dead because no one's in London at the moment getting your order wrong. Like, it's just, this is why people turn off. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Although they got my order wrong, but literally two wrongs made a right. Happy days. So. Yeah, it's probably because the katsu curry is a bit like the corner of the Japanese world, right? Isn't it? So it's like it's like pretty no, much it's like not. what anyone no. who doesn't want to be daunting to go for something a bit, a bit different, just yeah. get the katsu curry because it's safe. It's just a safe option. Trust me, I'm the same. I do the same. So I she's gonna be it's like all the, like all the chicken nuggets at the Indian. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's, that's another level. That's 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 a level of under tens. That's that sort of level. It's it's a genuine question. Is a katsu curry? I think so. With the Jap- even I when they've got a little bit about four things. Well, I'm pretty sure that's the sort of thing I normally order because I'm I'm the same. I don't normally go for anything ridiculously hot or whatever. So and that's normally the safe the safe bet. And I always get like, yeah, <laughs> breaking break in the katsu curry. Yeah, how boring is he? It's the same like kormas and curries. Yeah, it's like if if you went to China for the first time and you were surprised that they didn't do sweet and sour chicken balls. I wouldn't be <laughs> if, Hang on, what? I'm just doing katsu curry. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, mm, I'll get the katsu curry, and everyone just looks at you blankly, like, mm, I don't think you will, mate. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. So first they give us COVID, and now you're telling me they don't have chicken uh, sweet and sour balls in in China? So the whole, my life has been a lie. It's going to be a shock to your system, mate. <laughs> chicken nuggets with a slightly lemony sweet sauce it isn't on the menu there. The NFL don't have any international games out there, so when we go and watch the Titans in China, they uh, sit there yeah, shocked no, by that. No, in our luck, that'll be the next international game that the Titans <laughs> yeah. play. Beijing 2020. <laughs> we'll be there, boys. I'll be there. You'll be tell- telling me you can't walk into the first place you find in in mumbai and get a chicken tikka masala next you know it's the world the world's crazy yeah. i almost wish that we could film you just going around to these places and trying to order this thing you know like i, was, <laughs> I must admit that that would have been that would have been a great reaction to see you turn around and go so, so you haven't got teriyaki but you have got katsu sure yeah go for it i'll take it i'll take you off your hands yeah sure don't worry about the inconvenience <laughs> yeah, I should have got really kicked off. <laughs> you could be one of those really annoying sort of like Instagrammers who like records everything of your life and and just just for those moments. <laughs> I think I think the world's got enough of those probably. I don't know. I want to see it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time. Next time. Right. We'll uh, we'll get out of here. We'll be back. Well, we'll we'll, we'll try and do a pod each week during the season which is which is pretty much next week so yeah here we are back when we want to know i guess yeah yeah we'll be we'll be reviewing a glorious win in mile high next time you hear from us right um, well, for the first time last time only we will officially have more listeners and there'll be people inside the stadium in denver so i think that's a win hopefully that. 
Are we including players? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> paying, paying, paying members of the, of the crowd. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll speak. See you in a couple of weeks. Um, bye for now, and as usual, tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>